0: You're listening to Growing Pains, and I am so happy that you are. I'm Olivia, and I'm joined with a guest that I've spoken to you all about before as being the person I was in search of here in Chicago. She led a strong career in the broadcast world, having hosted her own iHeart Radio show, in game hosted with the Carolina Hurricanes, Chicago Blackhawks, and Sideline Reported for ESPN, she consistently placed in the top five in the USA pageant system, grew her personal brand, and is now the CEO and founder of Innovative Influence, the place I call work, and a leading social media agency here in Chicago. She is Kat Kennebec. Thanks for letting me put a mic in front of us today, Kat. <laughs> what an
1: intro. I just need to like record that and play it every morning when I wake up to feel good about myself. Affirmations, Kat, <laughs> you go to bed. Literally. I'm so excited to do this. This is cool to see you in like a different element because obviously I know you as my right hand person, but this mm-hmm. is so cool. Thank yeah, you for having me on. It's
0: a little low budget. I was just telling Kat all I need is my mic <laughs> and my laptop and we're rolling, but It works for me, and I think I really enjoy it because it just allows me to have different conversations Mm -hmm. beyond my professional conversations.
1: Absolutely. And everybody's got to
0: start somewhere. So good for you. I love your mic. Thank you. (laughs) Talking about starting somewhere. Yes. I love starting from the beginning with my guests, and so I'd really like to start at the beginning for you. And this can be the beginning being high school or the beginning being college, wherever you feel like you really started coming into understanding yourself and understanding what you wanted for your life. And so starting from there, in college, what were your dreams? Or in high school, what were your dreams? And where did they lead you post-grad, adapt, change, and become where you are now?
1: So it's really interesting, because I feel like I have a very unconventional path to where I am today. A lot of people that I know that are within the marketing industry knew that they wanted to do some form of marketing. They didn't know what type, but just some form. They went to college for it. And that was the, you know, niche that they really situated themselves within. And that was not my path. So when I was in college, um, I went to the University of Missouri for broadcasting. I was gung ho about doing sports broadcasting and entertainment based reporting. So while I was there, I just soaked up as many opportunities as I could. I worked for SCC Network. I worked for ESPN. I did stuff for Big Ten. I moved out to Los Angeles. I lived out in LA for a little bit. I had, um, I actually moved out there for one internship in the summer. I was out there. Somehow I ended up with three. So (laughs) it was very, it was awesome. I've always Mm -hmm. been the type of person that I look at a situation and I just am like, how much can I learn from this? I'm a big believer in learning. You know, right now, what are we doing? We're going through a course. We're learning even more. I'm just all about investing in your knowledge. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, having those opportunities though, going from Chicago to Mizzou, then out to LA, I was able to experience a wide variety of media mm-hmm. and with the day and age that I was growing up in, social media was kind of just up and coming. Like when I was in high school, social media wasn't a thing. I didn't have That's Instagram so me in me high think school. That is
0: so crazy. I me. know.
1: It's really crazy. So it wasn't until I was actually a freshman in college mm-hmm. that Instagram became a thing and mm-hmm. I have really been along for the ride since inception to watch how social media has evolved and all of the different opportunities and routes that it's presented to so many different people. So while I was busy acquiring all this information or all of this knowledge, I should say, within the broadcast industry, I was just enamored by this new digital growing age of Instagram and Snapchat back then at the time. And so I always kept like a finger on the pulse of what was going on and I just Trial and error to a lot of things. Um, Fast forward, I graduated from a zoo and I was jobless. I didn't know what I was going to do. Talk about it in the broadcast. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea what I was going to do. I was applying to as many jobs as I Mm -hmm. possibly could all over the United States. I was like, I don't care where I got to go. I just need to get my foot in the door. Mm -hmm. And so I moved out to LA for a short stint didn't have a job and quickly realized that was not going to be sustainable from a financial in LA. standpoint <laughs> in LA, came back home and I started working for Big Ten Network and uh, Northwestern Athletics in addition to the Chicago Wolves. So I was, again, all things that were in the sports world. All um, at the same time. All at too. the same time. That's a
0: big thing in the broadcasting yeah. industry.
1: It's a lot of people look at the people that are on TV and just say, oh, they're a pretty face. That's how mm-hmm. they got there. Or, oh, they, um, you know, they just, Got an opportunity at the right time. Mm -hmm. What a lot of people don't see is all of the years of hard work that people put in to get to those really elevated platforms that you see on national television or a national syndicate like iHeartRadio or whatever that might look like um and so I was in that phase I was in like that grinding phase and keep in mind while I was even working those three jobs they were all unpaid so I still wasn't making money so thank god that I have great parents that were like yeah come bum it at home (laughs) and so fast forward I was in all those roles I think three months maybe and then I got my first job with the Carolina Hurricanes it was three days before my 22nd birthday and they called and were like have you ever been to Raleigh I'm like nope but I'll come I will pack up and I will be there on Monday they (laughs) called me on a Friday I told them I would be there by Monday my parents were like where are you gonna live how are you gonna get down there how are you gonna sustain yourself I'm like I don't know I will figure it out and that's always how I've been so I moved down there I started as a PA just you know, getting my Mm -hmm. foot in the door. And I very quickly realized that the broadcast was truly what I wanted to do. And I just wanted to streamline it. I'm like, how can I get on camera as fast as I could? I was very vocal with my manager at the time about my goal. And I think that's a really big thing and just lesson overall when you're new into a career or in a job role, being as communicative as you can be with your higher up on what your Mm -hmm. goals are. It just, Number one, you're speaking into existence. Number two, you're putting that bug in their ear so that they can at least keep an eye out for opportunities that might get you closer to where you want to be or they can give you guidance uh, as to... Things that you could work on or, you know, opportunities that might help you get the skill sets that you need to fill those roles. Mm -hmm. So I had a boss who did just that. He was like, hey, if you want to be on camera here for an NHL team, you have to get really comfortable being uncomfortable. I was very green in my broadcast career. I was only 22. Like I hadn't made my ESPN debut yet. And I really hadn't been on national TV. So he challenged me with that. And I was like, how the heck am I going to get experience doing something that I'm uncomfortable with? Mm -hmm. I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. There's no other professional sports teams. Um, There was Duke. There was Chapel Hill. There was NC State. So lots of college opportunities, but nothing nationally. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just started literally, again, going back to the drawing board and reaching out to as many different media directors and coordinators as I could to just say hey I'm working for the Carolina Hurricanes as a PA I want to get on camera I'm trying to get more hits are what they're called that you can put in your stand-up do you have any opportunities unpaid that's fine I will come I will shadow like does not matter if it's the weekend holidays I don't care Mm -hmm. and so I was really lucky because the Houston Astros moved their double a baseball team from California they had a natural disaster happened at their field in California so they randomly luckily, moved it luckily, yeah, <laughs> yeah to Fayetteville North Carolina which was an hour from where i was living mm-hmm. and so somebody at the canes put me in touch with somebody with their organization and next thing i know they said hey we don't have a budget for broadcasting but if you want to come out here and you interview the players and you edit all of your own stuff and you post it you do all of it we'll you know we'll give you yeah. the rights you can do it And everybody thought I was crazy because I would literally go from working at the Canes from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. I would drive an hour to the field. I'd get there at about 5, tea time or like not tea time, um, time that they would actually hit. Like start the game was typically six six thirty, so I would get there. I would do my interviews. I would splice everything up so that I could get it on to social media before the game started, and then I would stay until after the game to interview the guys afterwards, and then I would drive home another hour, typically not getting home to like ten eleven, and then mm-hmm. doing it all over again. And so I did that for a full summer. While I was doing that, um, ACC Network was looking for a contributor for NC State, so. I got reached out to for, from that director. He said, hey, we have this opportunity. You can cover women's volleyball, another sport that I had I no had experience idea. in. Uh-huh. But again, just putting it, it out there. It just
0: happens. Like you have yeah, to Yeah, you it. just
1: have to take it. So I became really familiar with a lot of women's volleyball. Um, and that was actually – so I broadcasted for them three times. It went really well. And then ESPN was actually coming to NC State to cover their women's volleyball um they were headed into their conference championship they were doing really well that year and I just so happened to be in the right place at the right time and I'd already had the experience with the coach and with the team and so ESPN said hey would you like to make your ESPN debut and cover this for us on ESPN 3 and I was like absolutely (laughs) count me in (laughs) so that was when I made so at 20 I would have been 23 by that point I made my ESPN debut I continued to do that I continued to work for um, the Houston Astros and then that next season of the Canes came around and their in-game host happened to step down so it was again just right place right time and my boss had already challenged me with hey get comfortable being uncomfortable I could not have been any more uncomfortable following sports that I had no knowledge of so I brought all of that to him he was really impressed and he said okay I will allow you to try out for this role and it you know I'm gonna hold an an open audition and if Mm. you get it you get it and if you don't then I hope that you stay in the role that you're in we don't want to lose you (laughs) um ironically the guy who was the in-game host for the Carolina Hurricanes that I I had no idea he was the VP of talent acquisition for iHeartRadio. And he never told me that when I was his stage manager. We continually bonded just over media and he always followed what I was doing. And he would always ask a ton of questions about my broadcast background, Um but I never really understood what he did. I everybody just said he was in radio. I was like, oh, okay, oh, cool. that's cool. Didn't understand he was a big wig for uh-huh. iHeart. So he leaves the Canes. Um, and I auditioned for the role. I actually got beat out for the role, which was talk about an ego check. Right. Because I was like, oh my gosh, I've been doing all this work. I've been traveling around. I'm I doing basically
0: set myself up. Exactly. For
1: this. Exactly. It was like how the heck did I not get this? I was so close. And I actually got beat out by a girl who was like a senior at NC State. She was really young. Um, And at the time, I remember being like, I am not going to go be her stage manager. Mm -hmm. I was like so pissed about it. I remember the day came where I was supposed to be starting that game and she got the position. Mm -hmm. And my boss had called me and was like, you know, you don't have to come in. I understand if you don't want to. I hope that you do. But like if you don't, I I understand why. Literally puck drop was at like 6 p.m. that day and I showed up to the game at like 5.30. I was not going to go and then there was something in me that was like, you know what? I'm not going to be a sore loser. I'm not going to tarnish this relationship. I'm going to make these lemons lemonade and just Mm -hmm. show up to the best of my ability to show them that even if you're going to try and shut the door on me and tell me no, it's not a no in my eyes. Mm -hmm. It's just a it's a redirection honestly and so I showed up and it was hard like I'm not gonna lie it was really hard to show up to a game that everybody was like oh you're gonna be the in-game host it had just seemed yeah it just had seemed like all the chips were falling into place and I had worked so hard and then to not get that opportunity it was like such a slap in the face it was so bittersweet but in that moment I was like what am I gonna do sit here and be bitter about this am I gonna sit here and be rude to the new in-game host like she hasn't done anything to me and you know she actually kind of seems cool." fast forward a couple of months her and I became great friends like her and I still talk on a daily basis Uh to this day she's one of my dearest friends I love her I
0: adore her taking lessons from everything yes and it was
1: funny because she didn't realize that I was up for the role and so when she found that out she did everything in her power to pitch us as a duo and it actually ended up to where I became the part-time in-game host for the Canes because she was like I know this is my full-time job but like Cat should have this opportunity too. And so they worked it out to where I would take like one game a week, she would take like three games a yeah. week. So, it, it really did pay off to
0: show to show up and just be nice and mm-hmm. choose kindness. And that is one of choose... the biggest things they teach you in college, yes. though. It's like even when they teach you about writing, they're like, if mm-hmm. you're going to say something bad about somebody yeah. when you write it and then you publish it, you better go and show your face yeah. in the press room the next day mm-hmm. for them to come talk to you about it. And yep. that's kind of a similar situation to having learned that in the past. Yeah. Of, like, you're not always going to win, but showing your face and showing that yep. you have integrity will get you farther than 100%. Anything. And it would have been
1: so easy for me to just been like screw this organization, I'm done, I don't mm-hmm. need to be here anymore, I'm going home, I'm going to pout, I should that should have been my role. Right. I just, I didn't choose that. And in 23
0: at that, they could look at you and just be like, she was just young, she like, yes, wasn't.
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank God I didn't, because like I said, not only did I get an amazing friend out of it, but I was able to become a part-time host for the Canes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I continued to work for them, and then while I was working for them, I came home just for a brief stint during the holidays, and... Big Ten had an opening and I decided to go interview for it. And so I interviewed for that role. Um, and in the midst of all of this, the previous in game host from the Carolina Hurricanes heard that I didn't get the, the full time position. So he reaches out to me and he's like, Hey, I know I it's hurt a little, radio guy. yes, I heard radio okay. guy. I know it's a little out of your scope. I know you're not trying to do radio. Would you ever be interested in being on the radio? And at first I was like, eh no honestly like Mm -hmm. I want to do on camera stuff I want to do sports um I love music I love music but it's just not not the path that I ever thought I would venture down right he's like well I don't know if you know this but I do all the talent acquisition for all of the um eastern states for iHeartRadio I think you have true potential (laughs) I think that you would be a great fit for our weekend morning show um our host of our weekend morning show just left We have an open slot. You could be on every morning from, you know, every Saturday and Sunday from this time to this time. If you're interested, let me know. If not no hard feelings, like wish you the best. And so I slept on it for like a night and then I was like, you know what, again, why Why not? Why not? not? Mm. I don't know where it's going to take me, but why not? And I'll never forget going into that studio the first time and jamming out to it was Shawn Mendes, There's Nothing (laughs) Holding Me Back was the first song that I ever introduced live on the radio. And I just remember like being in this sound booth and just turning the music up as loud as I could and jamming around. Mm. And I was like, this is so fun. Like I get to just talk to this microphone and I was Taking calls from listeners. And in Raleigh, there wasn't a lot of young talent on the air. It was a lot of more established, more mature hosts on the air at that time. So I kind of brought this fresh flavor and I was talking to the younger demographic. And for the first time in in a long time at the station, um, we had young people calling in to talk to me. And it was so cool. It was like making friends via the radio. Yes, honestly. Without.
0: Exactly. media back
1: then. And exactly. And so while all this is like unfolding around me, mind you, social is still continuing to evolve. And yeah. I just continue to share my story on social media. And I just was always very authentic with it. I was very, I'm a very open person. I'm mm. an open book. You can ask me anything. And I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you whether you want to hear it or not. <laughs> and so that's how I've always been. So I started to acquire an audience on my social media. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, I'm home for the holidays. I interview for this job at Big Ten Network. Goes really well. I go back to Raleigh. I get a call. Hey, we would like to hire you part time um, at Big Ten Network. And I was like, do I want to move all the way home for a part time position? Don't think I do. Like, I'm on the radio here. Plus, I have the canes. Yeah. You know, ESPN is probably going to be coming back around for the volleyball season. I could do that again. Well, like two days later, my program director from iHeartRadio gave me a call and said, hey, I have been following your show. Your ratings are through the roof. They're really, really impressive for you being brand new to radio. Mm -hmm. 103.5 Kiss FM in Chicago has an opening. Come on. (laughs) And I'm good friends with the program director there. They're looking for your exact slot Saturday and Sunday mornings. And I would like to pitch you. Do I have your permission? And at first I was like, now keep in mind, Raleigh is a top... Thirty forty market mm-hmm. for anybody who's not familiar, basically the size of the market. So like New York is number one. L.A. is number two. Chicago is number three. Miami yeah. is number four. So it goes based on the size of your community and how popular and how many people are listening. So um, majority of broadcasters, whether it's visual like TV or radio, they will start in a quote unquote smaller market like Raleigh because it's yeah. less competitive and then move up the chain to, you know, a top 5, 10 market. Historically speaking, people that don't have a big broadcast background from a radio standpoint don't typically get to just transition into a top 3 market within from their first 30, 3 months yes. of radio, you know, work. So mm-hmm. he, I was like, I mean, yeah, you can, but there's no way they're going to go for that. There's no mm-hmm. way. Like, I'm so green, I'm so new. I don't have a big following. I mean, at that time, I think I had like four thousand followers on Instagram. So to me, you know, comparing myself like- to all these other big media personalities, I just felt like such a small fish in a big pond. And so he's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put together a mixtape for you. I'm gonna send it. We'll just see what we'll see what happens." Yeah. Literally, like a day later, I was at the Canes, and the iHeartRadio Radio director from Chicago called me and was like you know, I got your mixtape, and I got your your reel, your camera reel as yeah. well. I think you bring a really fresh flair and edge that we don't have in-house, and I would like to transfer you from Raleigh to Chicago. Would you be interested? And I was like, okay. oh, my wow. God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, I mean, I grew up listening to 103.5 Kiss FM. FM. Like, literally, it's, it's the station in Illinois. Like, yeah. It is them and B96 are like the stations for
0: all of the young. Exactly. It's the pop. It's Mm -hmm. like they're I mean, it's just crazy. Like it's basically your step into the Chicago entertainment industry. A
1: hundred percent. So it just was like a hundred percent. Yes, I am leaving. So I went into my boss's office in Carolina and I was like, hey. I'm out of here. Thank you for all the experience. Like, but I got to move on to this next phase. So I moved home.
0: How old were you
1: at this point? Um, I would have been 23 years old. This all happened within one year. Literally. I moved to Raleigh on February 4th. I moved out on February 3rd in one year I acquired all of this experience because I just never stopped working. Like Mm -hmm. I was working myself to the bone. And at that point in my career, I did not prioritize my health. I did not prioritize mental health, physical health, self-care, self-love. I think that that's, I think it's a very new conversation that's been normalized: yeah. self-care, self-love, mental health, especially it. since COVID. Um, but your generation—I found sounds so old saying that—but like your generation has done a really great job of spotlighting how imperative it is to Be really to prioritize. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that piece of the puzzle. And for years and years and years, we've been taught like work more work harder do more if you're not like the first one in and the last one out you're lazy and it's yes to an extent and now like I think we're seeing this beautiful shift and transition in the market and just in the workplace where it's like balance life is about balance and when you don't have balance something's gonna give whether it's Mm -hmm. your health your social life your your physical health, your finance, whatever it is, like you have to have balance. And so back then I didn't have balance. I had no balance. Work was my entire, it was my it was my up, A through work, Z, Sleep everything. Up, if work. I could get in a workout, I would. But honestly, I even look back on photos and I'm like, I don't even know why I was working out because I think I was putting more stress on my body. Mm. I've always been like a little hit person like I love hit I love quick 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 and I was already running around like a chicken with my head cut off which still on brand for me (laughs) but I moved to Chicago I actually got really sick like right off the bat I was it was body my body was
0: probably freaking yeah, out. Yeah,
1: so I, I didn't know what was wrong, but I just knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having all these weird health symptoms, and finally, it was actually on my birthday, um, so now I'm t- turning 24, and all my friends are like, take shots with us, and let's drink, and let's have fun. And I was like, guys, I can't even stomach the the thought of alcohol right now. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick. Anytime that I would eat, I would get I would throw up, or I would feel really nauseous. And so I literally took one shot, and I started vomiting and it was bad and I was like I need to go to the hospital something is really off went to the hospital they said everything was fine they were like I think you just might have kidney stones I'm like I don't think this is kidney stones like why would I have kidney stones um but they kind of just sent me on my way I continued to have symptoms while I'm going through all these symptoms, I'm getting onboarded at iHeartRadio. Yeah. I also became the in-game host. Did you
0: take the host. Big Ten job too?
1: So I did. So I was okay. a contributor for Big Ten. I was an on-air host for iHeartRadio. And I got the job as the in-game host for the Chicago Dogs, which was the brand Mm. new independent baseball team here in Rosemont. So I was going to be like their inaugural host. So I had three jobs and I'm running around doing all this onboarding. Oh, and in addition to all that, I was working for NBC Sports Engine at the time, Mm. which is their digital platform. I was covering all of the wrestling tournaments for the NCAA. So I literally moved to Cleveland for a full month because they had me doing the live broadcast for – um d1 d2 and d3 wrestling for In a full month
0: carolina and chicago yep yeah no wonder your body's. so crazy. i was just
1: going nuts mm-hmm. so finally um i get home from cleveland i had like a family event and it's funny because you can look back at photos and just see you see that i look sick i don't know mm-hmm. how else to describe it but if you if you saw a photo you'd be like there's something wrong Mm -hmm. there's there's something wrong um so finally i i had another episode where i was like projectile vomiting it was really bad and i was like mom i can't live like this anymore like I'm gaining all this weight, I my hair is falling out, I'm not digesting food, I'm getting sick, I feel sluggish, I feel tired. I was running off of Red Bulls, like mm-hmm. it is not healthy. So I ended up going to a gastroenterologist and they found out that my gallbladder was having gallbladder attacks within my body. So basically, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So without sounding like too technical Basically, your gallbladder does small murmurs to mm. digest your food and it will expand to 20% of its full size every time you eat to just okay. slowly digest your food. And typically, if somebody has their gallbladder removed, it's because it's not its not small murmuring at all. It basically stops murmuring. Okay. And so it's sluggish. I had the adverse. Opposite. So mine, mine was expanding to 99% of its size, which the gastroenterologist that I saw was like, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've never seen this before. So essentially think of a heart attack. I was having a gallbladder attack. So every time that I would eat, my gallbladder would expand and then just collapse on itself. And it was causing wow. me massive, massive, massive pain and all these complications. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they saw it through this, this test that they took, I had to have it emergency removed. So I was you've been literally- living
0: for that. Yes. with, that, with for that probably months
1: months months she was like you have had this at least for two to three if not four months based on how bad it's gotten she's like and I don't understand how you've fought through this pain which I think back and I do remember being in a lot of pain but I was on such an adrenaline rush of Constantly. just again going back to that work hard work hard never give yeah. up and I just kept that in the back of my mind and kind of like mind over mattered it mm-hmm. so that was the first time that I had to like Mother nature and my mental health and my physical body was like, stop like please just stop for five minutes take Mm -hmm. a break um so I had to get it removed and I was down for a full month like I mean it's a big surgery so I was down for a month um it literally led me up to the home opener of the Chicago dogs and then I started at iHeart and then everything kind of compiled onto that so I continued to work for iHeart and the dogs while I was at iHeart things Mm -hmm. were going so great that they actually ended up not only having me on their pop station, but they also added a country station.
0: I probably listened to you while I was growing up.
1: Probably. And I like,
0: I probably never like connected the dots. Because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, about the time that you were at iHeartRadio mm-hmm. is like about my teen years when I'm yeah. coming up and like listening to iHeartRadio. Yep. How it crazy. It was so fun. It was so,
1: it was the coolest job ever. Honestly, it was so fun. Um, But yeah, so I ended up being the only DJ in the quote-unquote DJ, in the studio that was on two iHeartRadio stations. Mm-hmm. Typically, they don't do that. Typically, they keep, you know, their rock people over here and their pop people over there in the country. But I had such a love for country that they allowed me to do both their country night show and then their pop morning show. Okay. So I did both while I was working at the Dogs, while, while I, I was for doing Big for Big Ten, and I was doing some stuff for NBC. In the middle of all of this... The Chicago Blackhawks Mm -hmm. post that they are looking for an in-game host three days before their home opener. Their girl had left. She got a job with the Vegas Golden Knights and had transferred very unexpectedly. And I remember seeing the job application. I applied for it, and I just kept emailing like the guy I stalked him on social media got his email and I just kept emailing him I'm like hi just following up on my last email here's my meals or anything (laughs) that like where my apartment was in the city I could see the UC from my balcony Uh and I'm like maybe I should just drive there maybe I should just drive and see if I can get in (laughs) and so finally they they called me back and they said hey we'd like to interview you but you would have to come in within the next hour. And I was actually, I was out here in the suburbs. I'm like, I don't care. I'll make it happen. So I like jet down to the city. I get down there. I do the interview. I'm interviewing with like seven people in a room. It was so intimidating. And I was so honest with all of them. I'm like, look. I moved to Carolina to work for the Canes because I've always dreamt of working for the Mm Blackhawks. I took all these little gigs doing things that honestly, exactly, so that I could have a seat at this table right now Mm -hmm. and at least talk to you guys, like. This is what I'm bringing to the table. I might not have as much experience as everybody else cuz I was up against people who had agents. I was up against big big names in Chicago who were NBC anchors, who were ESPN anchors, ABC like talk television, mm-hmm. primetime. And, still time. 24 at this and point. I'm 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Like little green me coming from a top 30 market. Like give me a chance and I will never forget it. The director of in-game entertainment goes you want to go down to the bowl? So an empty uh, an empty arena is called, quote unquote, the bowl. So he goes, you want to go down to the bowl and just do like a mock game? I was like, yep. I'm like, give me a script. Give me five minutes and I'll, I'll memorize it. I'll yes. get it. I'll knock it out. He was like, okay. Like kind of looked at me like this girl's got You're no crazy. idea what she's getting herself into. <laughs> so we went down there and I crushed it. I'll never forget it. I crushed it. It went so well. I drove home. I left the interview. I drove home. 30 minutes later they called and they were like, hey, we want to offer you the job. Can you start on Wednesday? And in addition to that, we are willing to give you 15 tickets to our home opener for you to give to family and friends. So not only did I get to become the in-game host for a team that I've idolized my you whole life but my mom everyone. got to come my uh-huh. cousins got to come my best friends got to come like my sister got it to come it was like
0: you were living in your dreams it in was that the moment coolest
1: thing yeah like and even though I was only with them for one season because then COVID happened mm-hmm. I just look back on that whole time and I have the best memories like the best memories just with my, like I said, my mom coming in, like I have a little sister, she's 11 now, but at that point she was, I think six or seven. And just to like be able to share those things in my hometown Mm -hmm. with my family was so cool. So I, I was in that entire, I would say broadcast stage in Chicago for, from like 2016 to 2018, maybe. So like a year and a half, two years. Um, ultimately While I was doing all those broadcast jobs, I continued to document everything on social.
0: and this all was still your dream at this point. Like, the broadcast world was your dream. Yeah. You were living for the grind that you were in.
1: I really was. It wasn't until I got sick and I had my gallbladder removed that I kind of had to, like, take a pause and be like, okay, what is long-term sustainable here? Mm -hmm. Because when you're 21, 22, 23, you're not thinking about when I have kids or, like, you know, how can I take time off one day? Like, you're just yeah. not thinking about those things. And so those things just didn't cross my mind until I got sick. And then I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is long-term sustainable because I'm only where I am right now because all I've done is grind. And all yeah. I've done is work and work and worked myself to the bone. And I've gone lots of sleepless nights. And I've slept in my car to make things happen. And I've, like, you know, maxed out credit cards to fly places just to have it on my resume that I was mm-hmm. at this event. And I covered it, like, with no pay like it was just crazy like and again those are the things that that a lot of people don't see that
0: is the realism behind the broadcast it is yeah Mm -hmm. and like
1: if you you know you think about like the molly mcgraths and you think of a lot of the big names that are on espn today they all have stories like that none of them came up without some sort of struggle and hustle and a lot of people just don't see that so that happened and now we're in like june um hockey season's over wrestling season's over um so I was just at iHeart and I was doing some stuff for Big Ten just with through Northwestern like Mm -hmm. you know men's soccer and stuff like that but it was a very like slow season um ultimately I was raised by a single mom with the help of my two grandparents and so we had already lost my grandma when actually I was in Raleigh and so we had my grandpa and my grandpa was like my dad essentially like he is who Mm -hmm. took me to my daddy daughter dances and he was my grandpa was like my dude you yeah. just so close and so he got really sick unexpectedly and he was actually they had to airlift him down to northwestern off of michigan avenue oh which goodness. ironically i was working on michigan avenue because that's where iHeartRadio radio is stationed yeah. so my mom had called me i was on air and she's like grandpa's getting airlifted down there none of us can get from the suburbs to the city that fast can you get over there to stay with him and so it was a very long process i mean he was down there for two and a half weeks he had lung cancer oh they were goodness. removing some of his lung he and it just it was a very like sad time but it was mm-hmm. also really special because I was like how lucky am I to be working blocks from where you're you know that stationed you right now
0: see him in- that literally mm-hmm. yeah
1: I could go there every day during my lunch I could go after I was done with work and just sit and like read to him and play cards with him and mm-hmm. like spend all this extra time that none of my other cousins or my family got with him um And I knew things were getting bad. And so I had asked for some time off from iHeart and they kind of gave me pushback on it. And my contract was up for renewal anyways. And when he got sick enough to where we brought him home and and hospice came in, my contract was up for renewal. And they were just giving me such a hard time about giving me time off to spend Mm -hmm. with him that it honestly was just kind of like a... Another you know what I in my gut I think I I think I've seen and I've experienced and I've learned as much as I can from this chapter it's time for me to like start the next chapter and so when I went in we were talking about my contract renewal and you know there was like some negotiations and we just couldn't really agree on things and so they said well I think you know you've done great here you've done great work we always will keep the door open and I was like you know what I think I'm good like yeah this has been amazing but in my heart for whatever reason I was just ready to close that chapter Mm -hmm. it was so bittersweet like I remember calling my mom as I was walking out of the building and being like, I just quit my job at iHeartRadio. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no job right now. Like, you know, hockey is seasonal and stuff with Big Ten was seasonal (laughs) and like the baseball was Mm seasonal. Everything is seasonal. So it's like... You can go from literally having a full job to I have nothing. And mm-hmm. so I was in the boat of I have nothing. And and I'm about to lose, like, the man who raised me. It was just a very hard time. But yeah. there was, like, this and, odd calmness to me where I was like, I'll figure it out. I'll be mm-hmm. okay. Like,
0: did I, you ever struggle with anxiety?
1: So, did you know, the, I never did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I've only really struggled with anxiety since I've been a business owner Mm. and it's only been since I've been older and I think it's because I put so much so much pressure on myself and it's funny because like when you introduced me like you you said all things that are true all my accolades but Mm -hmm. I don't see myself that way right like I don't if somebody asked me to tell them about myself I would never say any of those things I would just be like yeah I've you know I've been in the broadcast world I I have you know I work to me it's like it's I hate to downplay what I have accomplished, but I just hold myself to such a higher standard, and yeah. I think it's from being raised by a single mom... Us struggling like we were not rich we did not have money we lived on food stamps for many years like there were a lot of times where my Christmas presents came from like Catholic charities or my grandparents like we did not have a lot and so watching my mom struggle it just really embedded in my head like you just never stop working you don't want to rely on anybody you don't want to ask for handouts you don't want to you know rely on your looks or rely on oh I know this person like you show up you be the hardest worker in the room you have this mental toughness to you to when people want to knock you down it's like okay I I see what you're trying to do but like I'm not going to take no for an answer like I'm here and I'm going to make this work and so I've always like held that mindset with me and I think also watching my mom struggle and watching her never stay down just again ingrained in me like Everything is temporary in life. Yeah. Everything. Success, failures, love, friendships, everything. Like it's it sounds bad sometimes, but like everything is temporary and you can get through anything. So when I walked out of that building, it was kinda like that that same message just rang true inside me. And I was like, I'll be okay. Like I I have a really badass resume now. Yeah. I have done a lot. You I know a lot of people. It
0: out in four yeah. Years, three years after college. Yeah. And so I just I
1: like I said walked out we ended up losing my grandpa like a week later and I'm not even kidding you the day after we buried him the director or actually not the director the founder and CEO of one of the largest hospitality groups in the city of Chicago reached out to me mm-hmm. now I had bartended at one of his bars when I was at Mizzou uh-huh. he owned a Mizzou bar and you bartended too? <laughs> yeah <laughs> girls gotta do what she's gotta do you get gotta that do bag you know gotta <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do it so he had reached out to me and unbeknownst to me he had been following me on social media mm-hmm. all this time when and you were
0: documenting everything, everything.
1: so mm-hmm. he knew that I went to Raleigh that I was in LA that I worked for iHeart that I was at the Blackhawks like he watched it all and mm-hmm. I didn't at that time I my goal was not to grow a personal brand personal branding wasn't even a thing on Instagram uh, at that time nobody talked about it no. nobody this was the about start it. of the
0: Kardashians yeah you know? <laughs> literally they literally were like in their early ages of life at this point literally (laughs)
1: so like that was not my goal I was just trying to be like vulnerable and transparent and just like at that time I thought only like my friends and my family followed me I didn't know that I had other people following me so he called me and he goes oh a little birdie told me that you're not working for iHeart anymore which honestly I still don't know what little birdie ever told him that because (laughs) I don't know (laughs) So he said, I would love to, um, catch up with you and like take you out to lunch. I have a business concept that I would love to bring you to discuss with you was all that he said. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea what this, what this is. Yeah. So we go to lunch. Long story short, he's about to open up another restaurant. At this time, he had 12 restaurants in his portfolio. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. basically, he was opening up a restaurant. It was going to be the world's, like, first positivity restaurant. And you could basically pay to um, have the name of anybody who had battled cancer was battling or lost their battle to cancer. And so the inside of this restaurant was completely white. You could pay to have their name, the date that they either, again, battled it, lost their battle, whatever it was. And then the type of cancer paste it onto the wall and then that donation that you paid to have their name put on this wall would go directly to Lurie's Children's Hospital and so Mm. we were he was going to be sponsoring families and so a lot of the proceeds from this restaurant were going to be going back towards Lurie's Children's Hospital right after right after I had lost my grandpa grandpa. and then a year before that I lost my grandma both to cancer so to me it was like oh my god like this feels just very aligned with like where I am right now in my life and so his thing was We've had massive success. Like, have you ever been a Hopsmith or a Fat Poor in the city? Yeah. Yeah. So he was the owner of those restaurants. Mm-hmm. So, so he, big success. Big, big success. They had never done social media ever. He had never paid a dollar really? for marketing ever up until he hired me. He literally goes, I'm not even kidding you, love. He goes. <laughs> Wait, and this is like right at the start of COVID. So no, COVID was not a thing yet. So this was 20. What year did COVID start? 2019? Okay.
0: Yeah yeah so this
1: would have been 2018 now
0: okay 2018 so, social media is like established everything, everything. Twenty eighteen, yeah.
1: and he had never I mean if you would have looked at their social before I took it over you would see what I'm saying it looked like a bathroom stall had you know when the you go into the bathroom book. stall and there's like all those terrible <laughs> like, posters all yeah. over and it's just like a mess like the that's you look at when you are <laughs> <yeah, on. laughs> that is literally what it looked like so he's like We've never spent a dollar on marketing. He's like, you know about marketing? I've been watching your social for... I'm like, Eric, I know nothing about marketing. Like, I don't... Yeah, you know, I, I had helped... Like-, like, when I was at the Blackhawks, I would be a contributor. I would take over their Instagram account. When I was at the Canes, I would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. When I was at the Dogs, do the same thing. iHeart, I did run their social media. So, yeah, I had experience, but, like, I didn't have this marketing degree. Knowledge I didn't, and- I didn't yeah. have all this... I didn't have the tool set that I thought I needed to be a director of marketing for one of the largest hospitality groups in Chicago, but he had faith in me and he he did. He thought I did. So he said, um, I want to bring you on. I want you to hold this title. I want you to oversee all the marketing for all of our restaurants. And when can you start? And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, uh-huh. I remember going back and forth in email because he was like, what are your salary requirements? And I didn't even know what to say because I was like, what in do people in marketing really get? Like, a exactly. Salary. It's
0: not like it's hourly or yeah. it's like
1: paid by the gig. Like yeah. with the Blackhawks, it was per game. Like I was okay. paid per game. And so, and even with iHeart, it was hourly. And then, and per all of my partnerships and like when somebody would pay for me to go to um, introduce a artist at a concert uh-huh. or pay for me to go to an event on behalf of iHeart. Uh-huh. So I had no idea what to say. I was like, what do people make in the mar-? I'm like sitting there on Google Googling. like, what do people make in the marketing world? And I remember sending him back like my offer and being like, this is what I... Yeah. This is what my salary requirements are with, you know, 401k and this and that and this and that. And I was like sweating bullets so nervous that he was going to laugh at me and be like, this girl is out of her mind. Uh-huh. And he responded in three minutes and was like, done. I'll send over a contract tomorrow. Was
0: it like lowballing yourself? Um, or did you, looking you back
1: like, now, actually, no. Um, I you, actually you did the proper think, research.
0: You did it. Okay.
1: I definitely, I went high because I thought mm-hmm. he was going to negotiate down okay. wholeheartedly. I shot probably about 10k over what okay. I thought he was going to land on because I was like, okay, if I shoot high, then we can negotiate down and then where this is be. okay. Yeah. And he ended up not negotiating. He was just like, yep, great. Let's get started. So I literally started the next week and I did that for a year. So while I was there, that is where I got all of my experience yeah. with marketing.
0: Were you still taking on like the Blackhawks gigs when the season came around? So the were you season. Planning on, like in your mind, were you planning on continuing to do those side part-time jobs while taking on this full-time job so
1: I was going to return to the Blackhawks and then I was also um in communications potentially with the Bulls um because one of my good friends um Roman Justin Roman he was Mm -hmm. the Bulls host with a woman named Courtney and they were going to be exiting and so Roman on iHeartRadio so Roman actually worked for US ninety nine, okay. which is okay, okay, okay. I think Viacom. I want to say maybe I CBS feel like that Radio. Name just sounds
0: familiar oh,
1: like, he's a staple. So he used to be yeah. on B ninety six. So it was B96, Styles and that's Roman. That's where I heard it from. So I actually had a podcast with Styles and Roman. They are both very good friends of mine. Um, that's a whole other thing that we can talk about. But anyways,
0: so they were going to be I exiting. know any of this story, by the way. Like, to everybody listening, <laughs> this is my first time hearing this entire story. So I'm sitting here very intrigued
1: by every part that we're of going about. Of all through. the stuff <laughs> we talk about, I know yeah. we've never talked about this.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll
1: just add in, Liv is, like, my right-hand person. Like, <laughs> she's amazing. She's amazing. I'm so glad that I've
0: gotten this role. Like, I've learned so much. But I continue to learn more, I think, mostly because – all of the experiences that you have gone through, yeah. I would have had to go through.
1: Yes, and that's why when you were going through all of it with the Cubs and I was watching, I'm like, I I just felt for you. I, And that's why I would be like, you know, enjoy your last couple days there. Or, you know, if you are wanting to step away because you want to pursue other things that mm-hmm. are speaking to your soul right now, like, do that. Like, stand strong in your conviction. Like, follow that gut because your gut knows what it needs. Like, yeah. your gut is your moral compass. And the older that I've gotten, the more that I'm just like... Holy moly. Mm-hmm. If I would have just listened to my gut so many more times when I was younger, I would be so much more successful and so much more healthy and I would have better relationships. But you know what? At the same time, it's like, Everything that I've gone through, it's all been for a but reason. But in the way
0: that you're describing the story, it seems like everything has really perfectly lined itself up. And, like, you have been following your gut of, like, okay, yeah. this, like, di- wasn't feeling right for me, so I ended mm-hmm. it. Like, and this wasn't feeling right for me, so I moved. Yeah. And, like, it-, it does seem as if you were following your gut, but in other ways. I yeah, guess I think it been- was, like,
1: un unknowingly Mm -hmm. that I was like I've always been kind of a rebel and I've always kind of marched to the beat of my own drum and Mm -hmm. I've always done what I wanted to do as like rebellious as that sounds um but it's always how I've been I've always been like oh if I feel it I'm gonna do it and I think unknowingly to myself I just saw it as like following opportunities but now looking back yeah I think you're right it was just me listening to my gut, like, when I, I quit iHeart, and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that next season, the Blackhawks opportunity did come back around, and I was, like, is this really what I want to do? Like, do I want to do this again? You know, it's not, it's not like it's a full-time job, and it's right. hard, but it is still a time investment.
0: And it takes your brain power, too. Yes. I think that that was a struggle that I had, was, like, yep. yes, it's only this day of week, mm-hmm. but it, takes my mind out of like the creative process of what I'm doing here and here and here yeah Yeah.
1: well you only have and you and I talk about this all the time with innovative like you only have so much energy Mm -hmm. to spend in your life so it's like if you have a battery an internal battery that's at 100% and you know 50% of that battery is being used on work and all the little things that go into work so like for me it's you know Onboarding clients and overseeing all the business operations, mm-hmm. and onboarding my employees, and yeah. making sure that the wheels don't fall the tracks, and finances, and admin, and Continued creatives, and, every, and yeah, all of it. Like, okay, so now I'm at fifty percent less of a battery. Okay, where are you gonna put the rest of that battery? Are you okay? You're gonna put it into your mental health, your physical health, your social life, maybe travel. The people that you surround yourself with are gonna drain mm. that that battery. It's like Everything is energy and everything, so you everything. have to take a step back and be like okay where do I actually want to put my energy because mm-hmm. when you start putting your energy everywhere you are almost half-assing things yes. and that's the one thing that I do I've definitely recognized like as I've gotten older I say no to so many more things and I believe like no is a full sentence in my book at this mm-hmm. point in my life whereas when I was younger as you could see it wasn't right. I said yes to everything um, but that's probably why I was sick and that's probably why I had such a tragic you know like, halt in the middle of the the storm that I was, like, trying to dance through. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I did that, and while I was doing that, um, great salary, great environment, loved the team, loved the owner. It was amazing, but they kept growing their restaurant portfolio, and I kept having more responsibility added onto my plate. I had no help, so at that mm-hmm. point I was overseeing 13 restaurants. You can understand how much oh that is gosh. now working in the marketing world, yeah. and it was way more intensive than what – I do for a lot of our clients here. So Mm -hmm. it was email marketing for every restaurant, Facebook ads, every restaurant, influencer events, coordinating all those events, radio spots. Like I would have to coordinate with any of the radios that we were on for their ad time, um, shooting content, editing the content, doing all their feeds, doing all their, their scheduling, doing all their captions for 13 restaurants. restaurants. And like, it got to the point where even on holidays, like uh, there was a new year's Eve where he was like, I want you to go to all of our restaurants and get content at all of our restaurants. And To be completely honest I was like the one of the final straws for me because Uh I was like I'm working 80 90 hours a week and my pay is not going up I'm not getting any help like again running myself into the ground Mm -hmm. and this is not what I want a repeated cycle but in a different industry exactly so it wasn't until we had a meeting with like our board of directors we would always have these board of director meetings every Thursday And we were in the meeting and the owner made a comment. He was like, you must be doing something really great on our social because I told my friend Lou that he can't have you. And I was like, I kind of looked at him and I'm like, what are you talking about? And this man at the time owned Ovally, which is a very popular restaurant in Chicago. And yep. he had acquired about who was doing the social media for all of Eric's restaurants. And Eric said, obviously myself. And he said, oh, is that your in-house person or did you hire her? And that literally was what like sparked the idea in my mm. head. I was like, wait a minute. There's people that are asking about how I'm doing what I'm doing for you hmm, I wonder if other people would want to hire me if I decided to go out on my own. So I kind of sat on it for a little bit. Yeah. So this is around... And you're already
0: running 13 accounts, yeah. which is what?
1: A lot. I mean, like it was a lot. An
0: entire agency should
1: be running. <coughs> yes, point. with with like employees. And yes. I mean, could you imagine you and I running 13 no. accounts right now? I would literally have a heart attack.
0: <laughs> like 25-year-old me was a boss. Yeah, like, quite <laughs> literally. I was crushing I was like, well, it. I like, no wonder why... Like you sustained the agency for so many years doing what you were doing, yeah,
1: literally. Um, so yeah, so I sat on it for a little bit. Um, this was around I don't know, New Year's, and mm-hmm. at the time I had a boyfriend, and I mentioned it to him, and he was like, I think you could do it, and he was honestly. You know, we're not together now, but like he was such a big driving force at that point in my life that was like, you could do this if you really tried to. I really Mm -hmm. think you could. And having somebody in my corner that believed in me, even though I didn't know what that road looked like and I felt like I was driving blindfolded down a completely new detour, Mm -hmm. it really did instill more confidence in me. Um,
0: having that support system yeah. that fed your battery. Yeah, exactly. wasn't your battery. So having
1: yeah. that was really helpful and I have an extremely, extremely supportive family. I mm-hmm. mean, my... I always joke and I always say that I wish everybody thought I was as cool as my little sister thinks I am because she is like we my her biggest fan. She's my biggest fan. And like, I could tell her I want to fly to the moon and that kid would look at me and be like, you can do that. You can because you're my sister. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, she's just the best thing ever. So I had mentioned it to her and she was over the moon ecstatic. She, she said,
0: absolutely. What can yeah, I do? She was like,
1: oh my God, you're going to own your own business? And she made me these little business cards. Oh my goodness. And like the first, so my first, first project I ever did with Innovative, mm-hmm. I was actually filming a commercial and it was during COVID. We could not get any space, like commercial space to film the commercial. So my mom let us use her house for this commercial for a client. And my little sister, I still have it somewhere, made me like one of those snappers. You Stop. know what I'm talking <laughs> about. That is so cute. She made it on like construction paper and it said like CEO, Catherine. That <laughs> like, is... Uh, Perfect. So it was great. But so yeah, so I sat on it and then I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna do, do it. it. I'm gonna do it. And I just remember walking in again to the HR lady's office and being like, Thanks, but no thanks. This has been a great run. <laughs> I for all of the I, yeah, thank you for everything. I am done. And she looked at me like I had ten heads. She was like, What do you mean you're done? And I was like, I'm done. Like this is not for me anymore. I feel in my bones that there's something bigger out there for me. I don't yeah. know what it is, but I'm going to figure it out. And she was just like, you can't quit. And I'm like,
0: "Well." Huh. When you were younger, did you always feel like you were meant to do something really big with your life?
1: So, yes and no. Um, it's funny because, like, when I was younger, I was very into... Like being the center of attention. Mm-hmm. Like, I was always, no matter what room I walked into, I wanted to put on like variety shows. And like, I loved singing and I loved dancing and I loved being on camera and mm-hmm. I loved interviewing. Like, I would mock interview people in my family <laughs> during the holidays. Like, and I have a huge family. My mom's one of seven. There's 37 of us first cousins. Oh my gosh. And we all grew up in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I was surrounded by people. And I think that that really just helped me find my voice at a young age because like yeah. i had to i was surrounded by all these loud ass italian people i had to have a voice otherwise i was gonna get lost <laughs> in the lost. sauce like <laughs> you will have zero voice then. <laughs> literally so and it was funny because you know my mom came from a very blue collar family where people didn't really like move away they didn't a lot of them didn't go to college and i just i don't know i just always had like a little flair about me so mm-hmm. a lot of people in my family would call me hollywood as like a joke they'd always be like yeah. oh there's hollywood there's hollywood so, I don't know if I would say I knew that I, like, had had it in me to achieve a lot. I just always knew that I watched my mom struggle and I knew I didn't want that to be my narrative. Like, uh-huh. I wanted to create financial freedom for myself. I wanted to be an independent woman who mm-hmm. ran her own life, who supported herself, who gave herself every opportunity under the sun that she dreamt about. She gave it to herself. Yeah. And so when I left home at 18 and I didn't come, like I didn't really come back, it was just because I was in that pursuit. So, Mm -hmm. and as anything that I've ever put my mind to, I've always just been like, balls to the walls person. I'm like an all or nothing, pedal to the metal, firing on all cylinders, which is why I'm always running around like, you mm-hmm. see, crazy. Yeah. Like, I'm always <laughs> running around. Like, I nut. always wonder what's like, <laughs> going on behind the scenes.
0: I really do. Because I only get so much of the, like, of the picture, right? <laughs> I get I get what we do at the agency. And then all the other stuff, I'm like, I really wonder what
1: morning <laughs> comes to sit up today until we got here. Like, literally, I'm always running around like a nut. So, um, so yeah, so I, I quit and then legitimately a week later COVID hit and I was like oh my god like I just quit my job with financial security full benefits full insurance in and the in the middle of a pandemic I had no idea what I was getting into and I none of us knew what COVID was gonna mm-hmm. you know bring two weeks exactly three years. so I was like okay two three weeks like I can I can stay withstand this it'll be fine well then a couple weeks turned into a couple months and I was like I can't afford to live in the city I, I literally need to give up my apartment I can't afford to live here I don't have income coming in and I don't know what the world is going to be I don't what know what's going to be gonna unfolding like. next. So, it was a
0: confusing time. It was everyone. so
1: confusing. So luckily I had a friend who was in need of an apartment in the city. So he subleased my apartment and I moved back out to the suburbs with my dog. Mm-hmm. Like talk about putting your tail between your legs. Like I just went from literally being the in-game host for one of the best hockey teams in the world. I was on the highest rated... Stage radio station in Chicago. I was working for the biggest hospitality group as the director of marketing. I had a badass condo in the middle of River North, like Mm -hmm. on the 47th floor. Like I was living life and it all came crashing down and I literally had to move all my stuff into a storage and move home into my childhood bedroom and be like, oh my God.
0: Humbling yourself. What
1: What did I just do? What did I just do? How am I going to get myself out of this? Mm -hmm. So... During that time, like I'm a very, um, I'm not a very emotional person. It's a blessing and a curse because I allow myself to like feel things for like a day. I'm like, all right, you get a day to be soppy and be upset and in your feels, and then you got to get it together. Uh-huh. Like, you got to figure it out. And that's what I did. So I. Like, sat down with a board that looks like that one. <laughs> the big whiteboard in yeah, the corner. Yeah, the big everybody. whiteboard in the corner. <laughs> and mapped out, like, what I wanted Innovative to look like. Mm-hmm. I mapped out what I wanted to offer, my packages. And I just really started piecing things together piece by piece. And I decided to learn how to code, like, websites. So I enrolled in, like, this coding website on online. I took that. And then one of my projects in that class was to build a website. So I made it my own personal website. So Mm -hmm. that's how Innovative's original website got built. I built that. And then I slowly started transitioning my social media, which during all of these different career changes, I never stopped being constant on my social media and just sharing my story and what I was going through and connecting with people. And I had acquired an audience, you know, from being on TV and on radio and just in In the the community. Yeah, just all over. Exactly. So... Um, I literally put my website live and I made a post about it on my Instagram and within one hour I had my first submission to work with me on my oh. Squarespace website. I'll never forget being up in my room and oh, running downstairs to Walmart. my mom in the so kitchen happy. being like, Mom! Oh my god! Like freaking out like a Christmas on or a kid on Christmas morning. My in the mom, middle of COVID. In the middle of COVID. Mm-hmm. And this woman, I was like, How the heck did she find me? She was a wedding planner. I mean, terrible profession to be in in the middle of COVID I'm sorry right. but like I felt so bad for all those wedding planners yes. no weddings are going nobody, on in the middle of COVID no. so is a wedding planner in San Diego like how the heck did you find me and I swear like I had no idea how to do a sales call so mm-hmm. thankfully my stepdad is an amazing salesperson for a very very large corporate company and so he literally sat in with my first ever sales call and was like writing things on a piece of paper for me to say and for me to ask to like help me to guide <laughs> me yeah Yeah. it's because I had no idea what I was talking about Mm -hmm. I just knew that I was good at what I could do and so we had this call and she signed with me like a week later so I got my first client I kept pumping on social media that I was doing this agency, that I was gonna be helping small businesses. That was my niche. I decided I wanna do small businesses, yeah. very affordable. I was a one man show and I just needed to get my feet wet. Honestly, I didn't even get a business license. I didn't get a business license. I didn't get an LLC. I didn't have a business account because wholeheartedly I was like, this will probably just be like a little fun side thing. During
0: COVID. During make COVID. Me some money. Yeah,
1: maybe I make like a thousand bucks here, a thousand bucks there. Yeah. I didn't know from. The first client that I signed, so month one of my agency, I had four clients by the end of that month. By month two, I had 12.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we're over here saying, could you imagine us taking on 12 clients right now? Impossible. (laughs) It happens so fast. I
1: don't... It just like... I don't know. I put it out there and I think wholeheartedly because I was so excited about my first client and I was so excited about this new chapter and even though it was literally just one foot in front of the other slowly and I didn't know where I was going I just put the wheels in motion and I just I just was excited and I think that that like good positive high vibrational energy really just propelled it out Mm -hmm. and brought so many people to me and before I knew it I just had so many clients and so I actually ended up at that time hiring like my ex-boyfriend he was helping me (laughs) just to do like little graphics and like engagement I ended up hiring like my stage manager from when I was working at the Blackhawks Uh she started working for me because I was just like I need, I need help. help! I need help! Oh my god, I need I, help! And my little sister still is like, "I'll help." I'm like, "I can't hire an eight year old. That's child labor. Like, I can't do that." <laughs> that's the rules, even though
0: I don't have a business license. Yeah, I'm not a real
1: business, but I think I'd get in trouble. <laughs> so, very quickly, I remember like my third month in the business. I shared with my mom how much money I was making, and she was like, "You have to get a business license. Like, you're gonna get in trouble if you're you don't tax." <laughs> If you don't get your ducks in a row <laughs> and it kind of just dawned on me. I was like, "Oh, I I really need wow, this could actually You're like wait, go but off. now you're like,
0: "Wait, I actually have a business." yeah. Like,
1: it went from literally like I'm just going to do this thing to see if I could do it to
0: mm-hmm.
1: wow, I have a business here. And
0: And from that point to now, have you just been running that same model of like from when you started?
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been a lot of things A lot.
0: I mean, you learn as you go. Absolutely.
1: I have learned more in the last almost three years of owning Innovative than, honestly, I did all of college. That sounds so bad to say, but it's the harsh truth because I, I, (laughs) honestly, kind of, (laughs) kind of. Um, Because with business and with like being a business owner, it's a roller coaster, right? Mm -hmm. Like there are so many moments of like, hell yeah, I have this figured out. I know exactly what I'm doing just to like fall and be like, what did I just do? I'm a failure. This is not a business. Mm -hmm. I am a fraud. I imposter Imposter syndrome. I am not, I do not deserve to be here. I'm not elevated. Like I am not qualified enough to be here. It's just like this up and this down Mm -hmm. and this up and this down. of feeling like you have it figured out and then feeling like you have nothing, you don't know anything. Mm -hmm. And that in itself plays a lot of games on your mental health. So anybody who wants to get into business or owning their own company or just being a leader, it's, the one thing that I really know is nobody has it all figured out. Like yeah. one of my older cousins is like my business mentor and he is like a serial entrepreneur. He's amazing and I trust him with all of my business advice. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget I was asking, I was on the phone with him one day and I was like, "How do you like how do you get it all figured out?" And he's like, "You don't. You don't." Like and this is a multimillionaire business owner that, yeah. telling oh me you don't have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yeah, but like I feel like I feel like you have it all figured out and he's like absolutely not. If I had it all figured out, like how boring would that I would be? I wouldn't be sitting, I wouldn't be sitting still. here. Like every every day you are continually learning and you're surrounding yourself with people who are going to challenge you and who are going to teach you something and who are going to push you out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. because you're never going to know it all. You can fake it till you make it. You can make it appear like you have it all figured out, but Nobody has it all figured out. Right. And so I think that that's been a really big thing for me to continually remind myself of when I have been down in those long moments. Because especially owning my own agency, there's been a lot of times where, again, I go a thousand miles an hour and then I just hit a wall and I'm so burnt out. And, for example, this past summer, like, I competed in Miss Illinois USA. And I shared this with you before, yeah, we just when literally when we were mm-hmm. at, at lunch today. Three days. So I had been prepping for six months. You know what goes into prep. Yeah. It's physical. It's mental. It's, it's draining. Everything. It
0: is everything. I did take an internship one summer so that I could report. I believe it. Yeah, I like, believe it. It, just like, it is. It's and a lot intense. of people don't even
1: understand what it is. It's, right. It's not just, oh, I got to pick out my dress and, oh, I got to get in shape. No, you are mentally working out. Mm-hmm. You are mentally strengthening yourself
0: physically leveling up your entire life your energy your mindset your
1: energy your your outlook your disposition your demeanor your poise everything Mm -hmm. and those are things that a lot of people aren't comfortable to take a hard look in the mirror and say what do I need to work on within myself What have
0: I done wrong Where can I improve
1: I would say that that's one of the biggest things that I've learned from being a business owner is being hyper self-aware. Mm-hmm. I am stupidly self-aware. Like, nobody needs to tell me when I am fuck up because, because I, I know. I and know. I,
0: and I told myself 10 times already and yes. I don't know how I'm going to fix it, but I'm going to fix it. Yep.
1: And I've told my mom that before. Like, when I have when I have messed up and my mom will be like, Catherine, why did you? And I'm like, I you, promise you, you don't need to say a word. Nobody is I've harder on me myself. than me. Like, mm-hmm. when I let myself down, whew, like, I have to... Something that I actually learned from Kendall Jenner, which is so funny. Um, She was on Jay Shetty not too long ago. And she was talking about how her therapist has her look at a picture of her as a little girl. And her therapist has her talk to that little girl. And whenever she wants to be mean to herself or, like, downgrade herself or, you know, just be your own worst enemy. Mm pick up that photo and try to do it to that little girl. Like, that's who you're still talking to. And it's like, at the end of the day, we all have evolved so much and progressed so much. Like, give yourself some grace. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you can be self-aware, but like, give yourself a break. So this summer was a perfect example of that. I had been prepping for six months. Um, It was a Saturday night. I was not going out at all. Not drinking. Not. Nothing. Like I was such a hermit for six months. And I was leaving to go to Miss Illinois USA on a Wednesday. And all my girlfriends were like come out with us in the city. You don't have to drink. You you know just come out for dinner. We want to celebrate you. And this beautiful journey that you've been on. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so I did. And that night driving home late from the city. A drunk driver swerved into me and hit me off the road. But I was. I was driving fast. And that's my own fault. Again self-aware. Um. I was going like 85 and 90 miles an hour and Mm -hmm. when he swerved into me I went right into a median Mm -hmm. and like my car caught on fire and my entire car was totaled and he didn't stop he kept going and it was late so literally another car that was driving by saw it all happen and thank God hopped out of the car and like was able to get me out of my car because I was like stuck in my car and I was like on the phone trying to call my mom. I'm like, mom, my car's on fire. I can't get out of my car. Like I I can't feel my leg. Like my, my rib is like in excruciating pain. Uh It was so traumatic. I've never been to a car accident. Thank God I walked away. I don't know how I did. Like I just, I wholeheartedly believe like my grandma, my grandpa are my angels and they were just like surrounding me to just surround me and protect me Mm -hmm. and so many people were like oh you're not going to go compete now that's so sad and like I said to you like I walked away with literally if I showed you and a lot of people don't even realize it when they look at my photos of me competing but if you look at my arms my arms are burned like I had legitimately burns up and down my arms that I tried to put makeup on and the burns were so bad that makeup wouldn't stick to them not only that, but they it burned so bad. But it stung. It, it stung was in pain. So bad. Um, I had a fractured rib. My shins and my legs were all bruised up. I mean, and you're going, oh I'm getting God. ready to go on a in, on a stage in a swimsuit that you
0: just tried to level up your entire <laughs> life for you. literally you really literally put your life on hold like- exactly
1: so I gave myself a day and I got it back together we left we went to the pageant I competed I did it to the best of my ability I was so so proud of myself for showing up um didn't you know win and didn't place where I wanted to and that was really hard that was like really hard because I'd put my life on hold for six months to prep and mm-hmm. now I don't have a car and now I'm Beaten and I'm bruised and I'm battered up from this traumatizing car accident Mm -hmm. while I'm trying to run a business Business. and it just was like so much that I was like you know what I gotta give myself some grace and I have to take a break for like Mm -hmm. a month and luckily I had a couple of clients that were really really patient with me and they were like you do whatever you need to do we don't want to lose you so we'll be here when you're ready and then the clients that didn't understand that I didn't hold any bad blood towards them like you got a business to run I get Mm -hmm. that but like I'm not in a place mentally where I can be my best for you so I'm going to excuse myself from this partnership because Mm -hmm. it's not going to be beneficial to you or to me or to anybody at this point but again that was just like a very humbling point where I had to be like what is sustainable here what do I actually want and there were a couple different times during that period where I was doing soul searching where I was like is this another one of those things where I need to step away where I'm ready to shut the door but who am I going to break up? Like, who am I going to fire? Like, where do I go to? What the- HR <laughs> office am I walking into? This Literally. Like- <laughs> do I go in the mirror? Like, I'm done. I'm out of here. All Thank right. Thank you for all of the <laughs> Like, I had no idea. And ultimately it was the weirdest thing talk about Mm -hmm. like weird timing um one of my first clients that I ever had reached back out to me long story short they approached me about buying innovative Mm -hmm. they wanted to acquire my company they wanted to get into they're in the media space but more on the creative asset side and they wanted to acquire a social media agency they knew that I already had innovative you know The foundation laid and everything already figured out. um, And I thoroughly entertained it. I was like, you know what? Maybe this is my sign that I'm not Mm -hmm. meant to do this anymore. That I need to step away. That it's time for a new adventure, so to speak. And I even flew to where they're stationed. And I was there all weekend. And we were brainstorming what that would look like. And they were going to start a whole new company. Mm -hmm. And I was actually going to be a co-founder of this new company. Mm -hmm and I was going to be giving up innovative and all of it. Now, mind you, while I was growing innovative, I got really big on TikTok. So Mm -hmm. TikTok was like new because of COVID. And I had so much fun over on TikTok, but I had multiple of my first videos go very viral. Mm -hmm. And that changed the course of my business tenfold. I Mm -hmm. mean, there was one day where I had to shut down my website because I got 78 work with us forms. Yeah. And I was like, oh uh, my gosh, what do I do with power all of this? TikTok, like, the, the power. power of TikTok is en- enormous. Um, but, like, in the closet they had presented me, I would have been giving up rights to my TikTok, my Instagram, my website, everything. And I was like, mm. so I flew there and I was entertaining all of it. You know, they gave me a nice number and said, this is what we will pay you for your company and we'll still, you know, we'll let you know what's going on, but, like, you're not going to have a say in anything. And i was like pen to paper about to sign it and i don't know what it was but in my soul i was like i can't do it i can't do it like i for the last three years have emerged as this whole new version of myself like you asked me earlier when did i really figure out what i wanted to do i feel like in the last i would say year and a half to two years i've really Mm -hmm. stepped into like being a woman not Mm -hmm. a girl but a woman like this is who i am this is what i stand for this this is what I tolerate. This is what I don't tolerate. Mm-hmm. This is these are the type of people I want to be around. These are energy chargers. These are energy drainers mm-hmm. that I'm not going to allow in my circle. Setting boundaries, knowing what, you know, staying true to my moral compass and my values. I feel like I've been knocked down a lot in life, especially in my adult life where people have like shut the door in my face and been like kick rocks and mm-hmm. I feel like for the first time in the past like year, I would say year and a half, I've really been able to like step into that woman where I'm like, you know what? Life is going to beat me down. Life's going to beat everybody down but I'm not going to fucking stay down. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. And like this is my company. Like I started this Mm -hmm. in my mom's house in my bedroom by myself during COVID knowing nothing. I'll be damned if like two men that know nothing about social media are going to swoop in and come take all of my hard work. It's not going to happen. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was but it was like a fire under my butt. And I was like I'm going to turn this thing around. I'm going to turn this around. I'm going to do it the right way. I've learned what works and what doesn't work. I've learned what's Sustainable and not sustainable. But I would have never known any of that had I if not just put the wheels in motion. Like people get so nervous to just start and then they don't start. Like they get so nervous to just, it's almost like analysis by par- or paralysis analysis where it's, they are overwhelmed by all the information and what they need to be doing and they mm-hmm. feel like they should do this and they should do that that they just don't even start. Yeah. And then you don't know, you can't course correct. You're you, exactly. Yeah. You can't course correct. You can't reflect on on your journey you can't figure out where you want to go what's been working what hasn't been working if you don't just live and
0: just see what (laughs) even works like literally yeah
1: so yeah so I I told them no and it was like a really scary thing too because I was like oh my god like I'm gonna turn down this really nice lump sum of money and hope a bit of for the best maybe. yeah security mm-hmm. and kind of hope for the best and I remember saying it to my mom I was like am I making a huge mistake and she's like no no you're not like you stay true to Good you her. like you follow your gut mm-hmm. you have done all of this on your own and you've been a one woman show for how long like there's no wi- like there's no reason why why you should be doubting yourself right yeah. now and so it's so ironic because now this brings me to like December, January-ish. And I was out with Lauren, yeah, our, mutual <laughs> <friend>. <laughs> our mutual friend, and I was telling her all about my plans for 2023 with mm-hmm. Innovative, and I was like, I feel like I'm missing a really key piece. I need to find somebody who's young, who's hungry, who has a really creative side to them, who is into, like, positive energy and positive affirmations and is on the same wavelength as me, and, you know, I'm telling her all these things about the type of person that I want to mm-hmm. attract into my business, and literally like a week later you like you emailed me and I remember screenshotting it and sending it to Lauren I'm like do you know who this, you know this girl is she
0: just name dropping yeah I'm like
1: or is she just name dropping you, yeah, like, you who is this girl give me the tea and so she's like, No, I love her. She's great. You guys would totally vibe. She, you know, she's a go-getter. She's in the broadcast world. She's into health and wellness. Like, you should definitely talk to her. And the rest is literally history. And Here we it's are. been like the biggest breath of fresh air. And like, you didn't even know any of this story. No, but like I didn't. the fact that literally six months ago I was gonna sell my business to two mm-hmm. men to just be like, Oh, life hit me down and I'm gonna stay down. And now everything that it, like, like almost
0: revitalizes me now that See, now that I've heard <laughs> your entire story, like everything, absolutely everything leading up to the point that we're sitting in right now, it makes me understand your perspective of coming into the business as well. Like yeah. I'm coming from it from my very young eyes, yeah. my post-college, like <laughs> just trying to figure out what the hell to do next. You have eyes.
1: breathed new life in and innovative. I've said it so many times. I'm
0: trying to like take your perspective from it as well and just mash the two together and be like, okay, I want to do good for cat. Taken to a whole new <laughs> level of like, this is your life. This is your love. This is absolutely
1: everything you've given it all. No, literally, it's like it has just I don't know it's like ask believe receive type yes. stuff where mm-hmm. I just put it out there and I was like this is what I need and then once I had you I was like okay now we got to start getting like badass clients in the city and uh-huh. we got Kehoe and then we got 900 yeah. and like it's just been like on a, and like we got mm-hmm. rebellion like it's just been on a roll and I don't know I've said it so many times like you have breathed new life into innovative and I think because I was doing things by myself for so long mm-hmm. that I started to get burnt out and having somebody to like ping pong ideas off of or to go Down to like, I could never imagine going to 900 now without you. Like, when I go and you're not (laughs) there, I'm like, this is boring. I don't like this. So, like I said, my path has not been conventional Mm -hmm. to where I am today by any means, but it's all every single step forward and every single pushback has taught me something that's made me a a wiser human, a more self aware human, and a, a smarter business owner, a better friend, a better employee, a better Everything, honestly. I'm just, I'm such a different person when I look back to who I was. 100%. 100%. Like, and it's only been, like I said, your generation has been really great with like spotlighting, mental health, and just wellness overall. And I'm Mm -hmm. here for it. I love it so much. Like, I'm a big believer in my morning routines and my nighttime routines Mm -hmm. and journaling and affirmations and listening to positive, you know, podcasts and surrounding myself with good positive people like Mm -hmm. I have cut so many people out of my life that I felt like we're energy drainers because I'm like that's not going to help me get to where I want to be and just setting boundaries and like living in my truest conviction Mm -hmm. and
0: Interesting then where that takes you.
1: Yeah, honestly. And it's been... Just
0: continuing. It's
1: been amazing. I still have so much to learn and I'm so excited for this year. Thank
0: you so much for talking me through your entire story, first of all.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. I just, I'm so thankful that you are in my corner, in my business, as a friend, like all of it. Like I just, I love having you in my life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, to everybody listening, I hope you picked up... There were a hundred million points. So if you only listened to half and then came back and listened to the other half make sure that you go back and re-listen to it all all over again because there are so many key things that you can pick up here from business owning, from pivoting in your career, from trying it all to following mm-hmm. your gut to just, just Don't living. be afraid to pivot. Don't be afraid to pivot. Don't be afraid to
1: do the scary things. Don't be afraid to listen to your gut. Push yourself out of Push your comfort yourself, zone. Push like, yourself choose kindness be the bigger person and just accept more yeah be more and no is a complete sentence
0: (laughs) (laughs) period and with that we'll see you next week (laughs) bye everyone